Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today we are going to hear from Vladimir Koho, VP of Experience and Engagement at Automation Anywhere. Vlad's key responsibilities include communication, learning and development, customer experience management, and alignment and performance mechanisms like continuous feedback. Vlad is also a speaker at the upcoming Disrupt HR San Francisco event, where he'll be tackling the topic of how agile product management flipped employee engagement upside down. Vlad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. I'm pleased to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, Vlad, please tell our listeners a bit more about yourself, your career background prior to joining Automation Anywhere, and then continue that on and, and tell our listeners a bit about your current role. So I joined Automation Anywhere about five months ago, uh, and that's after about a 20-year career in marketing and product development, uh, which is interesting because you know uh, this is my first role in HR, even though as a marketer, I had spent quite a bit of time working on HR-related issues, such as employment, branding, et cetera. Um, so the way I fell into this is I, um, you know, I found myself getting drawn upstream, basically, into issues of reputation. So resp- as a, when I was responsible for corporate brand and reputation at Riot Games, for example, um, you know, a lot of those issues that manifest in the outside world, they've always got an upstream you know, cause, uh, so if, if we're struggling with, um, for example, um, you know, crisis communications around a data breach, uh, then, you know, you always have to go upstream and find out how it happened and, and what our processes and policies are that allowed it to happen. And that informs the communication that you make to the market. So almost every time I kind of had to communicate about an important issue or market a product, I always had to go upstream and find out more about how it came about what created that product, you know, why it was so great or, you know, why we chose the features we chose. And so that's what kind of drew me inside the company uh, and turned my focus inward. Um, so, you know, this is after a career working at Microsoft and uh, Riot Games and uh, Blizzard Entertainment, a lot of games, but also AOL. Uh, my first job out of school, actually, I was a reporter at Bloomberg News. You know, in, in a nutshell, you know, this kind of swimming upstream led me to HR because, HR is where really you get to the root of how everything happens in a company, which is the people. Uh, people make everything happen. People make all the processes and policies. And so if you want to know why a company is doing what it's doing the way it's doing it, it's ultimately a conversation with somebody who, who made that happen. Uh, so I don't know if that really covered your question, but that's kind of why I'm at where I'm at today. It absolutely does. And uh, as a marketing professional within HR myself, uh, your story intrigues me, sir. So let's jump in a bit more. Uh, big picture stuff there, Vlad. You you work at Automation Anywhere, uh, which is part of the robotic process automation industry. For those out there who are not familiar with RPA, uh, what is it? Um, why does it matter to HR pros? Sure. Um, so robotic process automation is an emerging industry. It's focused on handling certain types of work, mostly drudgery using software robots. So if you've ever used a macro in Excel, you've automated work. So what we do is just a bit more sophisticated for, uh, than that. For example, I recently opened a bank account, uh, a business, a bank account for a consulting business. Um, and I was asked for my cell phone number three times. And the gentleman across the desk from me who was doing this work had to key in my cell phone manually 
three times. He could have made a mistake any step of the way. And it certainly wasn't what he was put on earth to do as key and cell phone numbers. He also has, had to ask for my social security number three times. Um, and that appointment took a, a full hour, during which time he was mostly just keying data. Now, this guy was a banker and a relationship guy. And in the few moments where we did actually have a genuine conversation, it was great. But I know that he would have been able to bring way more value to me and to his employer if he had been able to actually talk to me about what kind of consulting business I had, what other types of products might make sense for me, you know, how I was thinking about structuring my accounts. But instead, he basically just had to do a bunch of robotic work. And so if we could have automated that away from him, it would have been better for everybody concerned, for me, for him, and for, uh, for the bank. Okay, got it. Thank you very much. Now, you spent nearly 20 years in marketing, as you mentioned a little while ago, and, and product management. Uh, tell us a bit more about why you decided to make the switch into HR. Yeah, sure. So even as a marketer, as I mentioned, I was doing HR work, you know, building careers, brands, you know, uh, figuring out how we were going to approach building our presence on LinkedIn or on Glassdoor. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I feel like what you have to do if you want to be a genuine marketer or an authentic marketer, you have to tell the truth. Uh, you know, well, first you have to be interesting. Otherwise, nobody's going to listen to your message. Second, you have to tell the truth. But third, if you can't tell the truth or if you're not comfortable telling the truth, then I feel like it's your obligation to change the, you know, your company's operations so that you can tell the truth. So that's what I kept doing is I kept saying, well, you know what I'd really like to be able to say to the market about our company or about our product? I'd like to say this. And what would have to be true internally for us to make it so? Uh, so, I, you know, that, that led me to this kind of concept, and it wasn't my invention, but this concept of inside-out marketing, which is be beautiful on the inside so that you can be beautiful on the outside. A lot of marketing, I feel like, is outside-in. That is, they build the facade, the shiny facade around the building. Um, the corporate edifice is, is spotless, but inside, the company just can't really meet the expectations that it's setting out into the market. It, um, it's putting out messages that, that make claims that the company can't live up to. And I think no long-term brand can be built that way. Certainly no strong brand can be built that way. So that's, you know, kind of, that's the interplay between the inside and the outside and what I was feeling as a tension as a marketer. And what are, what are some of the best things about your job, Vlad? Uh, what exciting projects are you currently working on as well? So I'm, you know, as the person responsible for supporting the team that builds the experience for now nearly 2,000 people, um, what's really exciting is just the level of global impact that that uh, involves, that responsibility involves. Another piece of it is, uh, you know, I really, and the team, we all think deeply about what experience means. So, for example, we read books on Disney and how they design their theme parks. And, you know, a, a neat tactic that Disney frequently employs is this kind of concept of forced perspective, where they can make something look like a gigantic fairy tale castle even though you're, you're not that far away from it. Uh, so they, they can play with perspective in that way. And I think the workplace can be um, designed as thoughtfully as any theme park or as any branded experience. And so that's what's really exciting to me. Um, another piece of what we're doing is reconceptualizing how we relate to the people that we support. So I think HR, you know, kind of comes from a, a heritage of, actually being more tied to executive concerns rather than the concerns of talent. Uh, and to the extent that old school HR related to talent, it was often 
antagonistically as, you know, their labor and we're the corporation and we have to make sure they can't take too much because you give an inch, you, you have to give a mile. And so what I'm trying to do is um, soften that and, and actually instead treat the people uh, at the company as our, as our customers, not like our customers, but as actual customers of our product. And so our product is a career episode. And ideally what we want to have happen is we want people to buy not just one career episode, whether that's an 18-month episode or a 24-month episode or, or a 36-month episode, but we want them to have loyalty and buy the next episode after they've they finished their, their initial stint with us. Uh, and what's more, we want them to go on to give positive word of mouth to their friends and qualified you know, uh, colleagues from other companies. We want them to say, hey, this is a great place to work. You should come work with me. Here's, here's an opportunity. They, sh- they should be so excited about the company and about the experience that we've built for them that they willingly go out of their way to pull in the best people from their LinkedIn network. So uh, I'm just excited about being able to create that sort of workplace where people are, are so legitimately excited that they do the marketing for us. Okay, so just a minute ago, you were talking about old school HR and, and newer practices. I'd, I'd be intrigued to hear from you uh, as someone with a marketing background who's now in HR. Do you see lots and lots of crossover in today's HR functions in terms of, for example, the technology skills that HR professionals need today compared to, say, five or 10 years ago, and, and how a lot of that perhaps was traditionally within the realm of of marketing, uh, for example, updating sites or making sure that the employer brand is saying what it needs to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's increasing. It's really changing quite a bit. You know, for example, um, uh, when I was responsible for a global engagement survey at one of my prior employers, um, what we found was that the HR team at that employer did not kind of understand the concepts of, um, you know, kind of stakeholder management and um, you know, some of the political calculations that you have to do when you communicate about touchy topics. So that's why, uh, you know, I was pulled into that is I had PR responsibility and communications responsibility and the executive team wanted to be able to talk about some of these tricky topics, but they did not think that the HR team would be able to craft a message that would stand up to the kind of scrutiny that people would apply to it, given the touchiness of the topic. And what's more, they wanted to craft messages that if they escaped into the outside world, would not be a liability or would at least be on brand and on topic and on message. So that's where, you know, kind of the communications and PR skill set was was critically missing from this HR team. And I got pulled into this work. But nowadays we see, you know, more and more of this, um, this skill set, this communications PR skill set, uh, you know, being present on HR teams because the the corporate membrane has become more, um, porous. That is, everybody now knows that messages written for internal audiences may escape to external audiences. You have to write for the external audience as if, you know, everything could be reported on the wall in the Wall Street Journal, you know, a couple months from now. So that's that's kind of forced a reckoning and, and teams building skill sets that they need for that new, you know, porous world. Okay, thank you very much. Now we are going to change tack a little bit here and now focus on uh, an upcoming session that you're going to be leading at the Disrupt HR San Francisco event coming up uh, at the end of April. We're recording this, ladies and gentlemen, right now in the middle of April. Uh, So before we get into the topic itself and some of the learning outcomes, uh, let's start with the basics. Why did you decide that you wanted to speak at a Disrupt HR San Francisco event? Well, um, so... 
my boss nudged me. She said, Hey, I spoke at this event. I think it was really valuable for me. You should give it a shot. So that, that was how I became aware of the event. Uh, but then the more I looked into it, uh, I got a little scared, you know, five minutes with auto advancing slides, this Pecha Kucha kind of format is pretty tough. Uh, and I've been practicing and it is, um, it is not easy. So I, I was attracted by the challenge because I figured if I could do this, uh, then, then a normal speaking engagement of 15 or 30 minutes, it'll feel like I could, you know, uh, make tea and juggle and still speak at the same time, you know, just in terms of uh, challenge level. So I, I was attracted by that. And a third piece is that I believe that, you know, Silicon Valley is, is creating some of the most innovative new companies and new ways of thinking about work and new ways of relating uh, you know, work to people and people to, and work to consumers. It's just a very heady time to be talking with other profession, uh, professionals within the HR function and within Silicon Valley. And I just didn't want to miss that opportunity to um, have the conversation and be inspired by other speakers and, and to make connections with the audience. It, Disrupt HR's mission of, you know, not doing things as they've always been done. I, I really was attracted to that because, uh, you know, obviously I still feel like an outsider to the HR function and I feel like there may be some things of value that I could bring, um, bring to the conversation. So now that's a good opportunity then to tell our listeners a bit about your session, which is called how agile product management flipped employee engagement upside down. Uh, can you give us a bit of an overview of the topic and why it matters and some of the, the learning outcomes as well? Yeah. So, I mean, I I kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier. I think fundamentally, when we start thinking about people as customers, we got to do a lot of things differently. Um, So you can't assume that they're a captive audience. You have to basically uh, understand that they are paying you with their most precious precious currency, and that's their lifeblood, their hours in a day. Even the richest man on earth has 24 hours in a day and the poorest person on earth has 24 hours in a day. And that is a very, very precious currency for someone to be spending with you and your team uh, to create value for your customers. So if you treat folks with that level of respect for their time, you might start designing your processes and systems a bit differently. You might actually take some of the best practices from product management uh, in terms of, for example, uh, journey mapping, understanding the customer journey and what's driving satisfaction and dissatisfaction with your product. You might do customer empathy interviews, which is from design thinking that allow you to understand you know, and build your empathy for what the customer is facing at every step of their journey for the purpose of maybe discovering some moments where you might be able to, to delight them or you, know, you might discover some moments that horrify you that you really need to fix. I, I think... Within the HR profession, we've become too accustomed to janky tools that are hard to use, you know, with hard processes that are built more for the needs of legal or finance teams or HR teams for that matter. Uh, And we've done too little work to build stuff that's easy to use. And this trend of BYOIT, that is bring your own device to work or bring your own IT or your own tools to work, it's, it's basically the consumerization of the workplace And so we're seeing people come into work with greater demands for ease of use and frictionless transactions and processes that are simple and well-designed. And there's not actually been a lot of design thinking 
applied to the internal environment. And so people are increasingly kind of saying, you know, this is really a bad experience. I'm feeling frustrated at work to use this expense system or to use this travel system or to use, um, you know, the, the annual review process requires this software that just doesn't even feel modern. Um, so everywhere you look, I think uh, the bar is getting raised thanks to uh, just the consumerization of technology and, and people's expectations being set much higher thanks to the the prevalence and the um, the breadth with which this uh, this mindset is is reaching into every corner of life. So uh, shameless plug here then for our event partners, Disrupt HR San Francisco. The event is happening on my birthday, April 30th at 5.30 to 9 p.m. Uh, in in uh, the Bay Area at uh, 1697 Industrial Road, San Carlos. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Check out the website. I believe tickets are still available. Uh, Vlad, we are coming towards the end of this interview already before we wrap things up. How can we how can we learn more about you? How can how can our listeners connect with you? And how can they also learn more about automation anywhere? So visit automationanywhere.com uh, for everything you need to know about automation anywhere, uh, including free classes that you can take to get up to speed on what it means to create a bot and how those bots might be useful in your work environment. You know, actually, HR has a ton of work around moving data around, you know, the HRAS system needs to talk to so many other systems and parts of the company. And a lot of that is automatable. Uh, so that's a really interesting area for exploration. And in terms of me, I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. Uh, so my LinkedIn profile is at linkedin.com slash in slash Vlad Coho. And maybe you can provide a link to it in the podcast somewhere. Uh, but that's, that's uh, where you'll find out more about me. Okay, awesome. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Vlad Coho, thank you very much for being a guest on the HR Chat Show. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you at the event. Uh, sadly, I will not be there. I'm recording this, ladies and gentlemen, from Toronto. and it's uh, Oh, pretty, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cloudy here. I'd much rather be in San Francisco, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but we will be, we will be uh, covering it from afar. So, uh, listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.